It's flashbacks and time period specific jokes on this week of Of Horses and Men with Leslie and Ben. I'm the Ben of that. And I'm the Leslie. This is a weekly podcast about the Netflix original comedy series Bojack Horseman. And Leslie, my friend, what episode are we talking about today? Today we are going to be talking about the eighth episode of season one, The Telescope. Our story switches over to Bojack's side and explains why he suddenly dropped out of the film project Princess Carolyn proposed to him at the end of the last episode. Bojack decides to go visit Herb Kazaz after the passive-aggressive invitation he left him to come to Malibu. Bojack doesn't want to go about this alone, so he brings Diane as support. In the car, he relays the story of their friendship, telling Diane all about their meeting in the 1980s comedy scene and working together on the first couple of years of horsing around. We are introduced to Charlotte, Herb's dear girlfriend, who encourages Bojack and philosophizes about the insidious nature of Los Angeles. A few years into horsing around, Herb and Bojack have a tense working relationship, but when Herb is caught in a sex scandal that threatens the show with cancellation, Bojack agrees to stand by him. When push comes to shove, Bojack is railroaded out of a choice and doesn't speak up when the time comes. Now in the present day, Bojack has to come face to face with the fact that he did the unforgivable to his friend, and is denied closure just as Herb reaches his final curtain. Meanwhile, Todd makes friends. Todd does make some friends, and that is the that is the more interesting B plot that we've had so far. I think. Well, I don't know. I don't know. the The two dates to the prom situation was pretty great. That was pretty good, folks. We're, we're talking about the fun Todd B plot because the A plot is sad. It's real bad. Yeah, it's so we've gotten to the point where where this show has taken a very very dark turn and. As could be surmised, just from the plot summary alone, obviously, this is not a lighthearted episode. There is not a lot of laughter to be had in this episode. There is still some, um, for sure. But I feel like at this point, we have now traveled to a place in the BoJack Horseman universe where we are starting to see episodes that have a lot of gravity to them, even more so than last week's which was already pretty pretty grave in terms of Princess Carolyn and the kind of life that she leads. Now we are faced with a 20-year-long rift between men who were very close friends. Uh, we are shown that Herb basically gave Bojack his entire career. Uh, like, Herb made Bojack. He made Bojack who he is. And it's also interesting to see the fall from grace that Bojack has has taken as he's become more famous at the beginning in the comedy club when he's doing short sets and open mic nights and things like that. You know, he's not drinking. He says he has to stay sharp because he has an audition because he has this comedy set. He had his priorities in order. Yeah. They hammer that home like three times. Yeah, they really, really did. And, and it's just so interesting to see that once upon a time, there was a version of Bojack Horseman who was really hungry to succeed at his craft. And I think that that was something that wasn't, it wouldn't have been necessary for them to include. The show would have still, like the entire show would still have have made an impact without that knowledge. But knowing that and putting that kind of backstory to him just makes the reality of who Bojack is now that much sadder, I think. We were quite literally told by the theme song back in the 90s, I was on a very famous TV show. Yeah. So we already know this is going to be a fall from grace. Yeah. That's contrasted. At the end of almost every single episode, I think there's maybe one or two episodes that don't end with the group love back in the 90s theme. 
There are a few. I want maybe 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 as many as four, but I'm not sure because you know yeah. the previous episode, uh, say anything does not end with the with that song. It ends with a different song. Yeah, I think that yeah yeah. There's okay. There's 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 a couple. A small um, handful. At the end of every single episode, no matter how funny things are, no matter how bad things are, we are reminded through song, things were better. It's so cutting at the end of this episode as well. Oh, God, at the end of this episode. Oh, because it starts early with those guitar strums. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It starts with the opening chord of the song, and it gives us, like, four different beats of it before the song, before it cuts to black and the song actually begins. But during those four beats, Bojack has just made a very big mistake and is staring out at the at the ocean, and it's just a bad scene. It's a, just a sad, bad scene. Um, so let's talk about how, we, how they got there. Um... What I do want to point out, I think, before we, we go into like a more linear synopsis mode is the fact that, like you said, we're reminded at the end of pretty much every episode, this is a fall from grace because he was, you know, in a very famous TV show. He was very famous. But this episode in particular shows us the version of him before even that. And that version of him, in all honesty was a bit better off. And Charlotte mentions this, you know, she talks about the tar pit of Los Angeles with Bojack and she talks to him right before he makes it big that she's that she has concerns about his well-being as a person and those were not unfounded at all and in fact everything that she feared pretty much came true. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it it's prophecy practically. Yeah, and she made the decision to get out of that uh that lifestyle. And he, I think, was a little too naive and was a little too sure of himself and had a little bit too much faith in his own ability to, to maintain his wholesome nature, I think. And it's, this episode is a huge commentary on, on, on corruption, how, how fame and, and money and power can corrupt a person. He says during one of the 90s scenes when Herb is talking with him about one of the scripts, that like he's so overconfident in his comedic abilities that he's like, fine, I'll see if I can make something out of this script. Mm-hmm. Um, he I think what a he actually metaphor than yeah. I can say, but yeah. you know, he thinks himself as an actor, like above his material. Mm-hmm. Well, cause it's like, it's going back to that line in the pilot that most people don't even get to do the Brady bunch version of what they want to do with their lives. And I guess, you know, now in retrospect, now that I think about it, like that line is, kind of fully acknowledging the fact that Bojack has already done the Brady Bunch version of the thing that he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are shown throughout uh, flashback episodes and some of the modern day episodes, and of course it'll become a plot point in later seasons, uh, that what he really, 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 really wants is the um, Secretariat movie. Mm-hmm. And I tried very hard to make that not sound like uh, Wannabe by Spice Girls. <clears throat> I think you did a pretty good job. So, Thank you. yeah, let's talk about that. His dream it, that he was so hungry for, that he was going to work so hard for was to play the role of Secretariat. And we don't know this at this point, but spoiler alert, it's because he idolized Secretariat when he was a kid. And there's a lot of hero worship going on with with that person. Uh, and he wants to portray him so badly that he he does end up kind of kind of sending Herb up the river. He gives up his friendship with Herb in order to have a chance to play Secretariat. And of course, at this point in Bojack's life, it never panned out. 
So it was kind of all for nothing. And even when it comes around the second time, he kind of throws that opportunity away again. Well, we'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll get into that, of course. But it, it kind of plays into, you know, the his overconfidence and his abilities that once he reached stardom, like Charlotte mm-hmm. told him, he would change as a person. Mm-hmm. He thinks himself better than the script that his friend wrote for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the person who got him his job. We haven't maybe explicitly said it, but if you're a little hazy on this episode, Herb was the like a writer producer for of Horses and Men and was the person no, no. who originally pitched no. it to the network. Of Horses to Men is our show. Horsing around is what I meant. Exactly. Uh, no, but yeah, Herb gave Bojack his entire career. And I do believe Bojack sort of starts to become a bit of a shitty person. Of course, his ego just inflates to the point that it's out of control. But I do truly believe that the very first really shitty thing that Bojack has ever really done was to her. I think that this was I believe in, the, in the history of Bojack's entire career and like may, maybe even his entire adulthood, really. Looking back, you can see him as like a struggling, you know, he's, he's bartending while he's doing stand-up comedy, trying to get a big break in the industry. And Herb gives him that big break because he gets hired on to do a show and he says, well, Bojack has to be my star. And so Herb mm-hmm. really, Herb is, is the reason why Bojack even has a career to begin with. And then as soon as it becomes obvious that he is going to have to make a choice between backing up his friend Herb or continuing his career so that he can be secretariat, he just throws Herb under the bus. And let's go ahead and just be explicit here. Herb is gay and he gets caught doing some lewd stuff somewhere in a sting. And uh, that is why it is it is a thing that they need to fire him from the network. And Yeah, yeah, there's protests because this is still the 90s. Well, yeah. uh, not like that doesn't happen today, but even so. Well, yeah. The times, they have not changed. He was given a choice. And, and I really do genuinely believe this is the first truly shitty thing that he has done. And mm-hmm. Abs- it, absolutely. I think that the futility of it is what makes it particularly hard to watch uh, because it was the, there's a futility in it for a couple of different reasons. Uh, obviously, the aforementioned secretariat falling through, which was the, the entire reason why he did it in the first place, really. Uh, that, that all fell through, so it ended up not mattering. And then in this episode, you know, as he and Herb are talking at the very end when he's trying to get Herb to forgive him and Herb refuses... Mm-hmm. Uh, he pretty explicitly tells Bojack, like, I didn't give a shit about the show, you know, like the show is whatever, but what I wanted was a friend. What I wanted was a friend. And, and the thing is that, that I think Bojack has to come to terms with is the fact that he still could have taken all of the actions that he took, but if he had gotten over his cowardice enough to even reach out to Herb at any point in the last 20 years then all of that would have been forgiven. Yeah, Herb explicitly says, you never even called. Yeah, and so I think that that... Like, it's 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 an interesting example in the fact that people are so willing to give Bojack so many chances, and this includes Herb Kazaz, who, you know, like he said, he didn't give a shit about the show. All he wanted was a friend. If Bojack had, had, 
had thrown him under the bus, but then he had called to apologize 18 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, there's a chance that he would have been forgiven. And I think that that just illustrates how self-destructive Bojack is in his decisions that he makes that he thinks are going to advance him in his goals, whatever they may be at the time. I think what's what's interesting about this episode, um, and I'm not sure this would have even occurred to me as a writer um, because I'm not this good, um, but like what's interesting about the way they've structured this episode is we do not see the immediate fallout of Bojack's choice. Mm-hmm. Um, he is told by the executive that the show must go on, etc., and then he steps out onto the stage and gives his, wait a moment, this isn't a bar, you know, line. And the audience cheers and it kind of, it either fades out or cuts back to him and Diane. We do not get to see the immediate fallout between him and Herb. We do not. We don't. Like, did, did, and one, one can theorize, one can, can kind of guess around, like, oh, did Herb just get, like, dropped on the spot? Did they literally just not see each other after that? You know, was there the kind of moment where you saw him packing up his boxes and maybe they made eye contact, but Bojack didn't say anything or reach out or anything like we're, it's a mystery. We don't know. And we probably never will. They might not ever touch back on that, but you know, you're kind of left to wonder like, did it just, was that it? Was there, was there little conversation in that room before Bojack was grabbed by the exec? Was that it? Yeah. That's, that's a very good point. Was that the last, was that the last conversation that they ever had? I don't know. There's, I have no way of knowing. I, you know, I was thinking about that. The way that executive talks to Bojack, um, like he's railroaded. He doesn't he really get a say. So he doesn't, he doesn't get a say at the time, but he does make his decision right before he opens the door and goes out to the audience. That was his yeah. chance to walk yeah, out. He could have striked. He could have. And that, and that was his chance. So yes, he was railroaded. So at the time, it wasn't possible for him to to say no to to her being fired. But he did have his chance. He did get his chance a little later on to to make a stand for his friend, and he didn't do it. And that was the the moment that he decided that he was going to go ahead and do what was easy instead of what was right. Yeah. And, and similar to what I just said about, you know, we don't know how it really, really ended between them. We don't know how you know, what their last moments together were like, there are when we can also theorize. There are probably a, a, a half dozen little moments that Bojack could have done to stand up for him at the same time. Yeah. Bojack could have said like, yeah, of course I'm recording today's episode because we've got everything set up, but no, we need to talk about this and go and in, go into managerial or talk with the executives or any sort of like, just because he got railroaded out of that one conversation doesn't mean that he can't keep swimming upstream and trying to fight it. But he didn't. As far as we're led to believe, he just passively, you know, he got railroaded, but then just passively went with it for the next however many years, five, six years yeah. of the show or whatever. Yeah. It, it's just implied halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just really, really heavy episode. And uh, obviously this is where we are first introduced to, to our concept of one, one F-bomb per season. It is in this episode. Season one. Oh, that's right. The season one f bomb is in this episode. It's her telling Bojack, "Get the fuck out of my house." It's a, uh, and it's very, very weighty. And uh, in in future episodes, it's always sort of directed. I feel like it's directed towards Bojack. I mean, obviously, as we watch those seasons, I'll I'll remember more about it. But uh, yeah, 
I mean, I'm not sure why they made that decision, but it it definitely it definitely helps carry a lot of weight to the one the one f bomb per season. Ostensibly on Netflix too, where you know they hypothetically have unlimited. Oh, uh, they do. F bombs. Oh, they do. Um, I just recently started watching yeah. Santa Clarita Diet, and they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, but like you know. They, they they are choosing to um, kind of reserve themselves in yeah. that respect and to, to make it as potent as it is every time. And it's definitely a creative decision that I deeply appreciate. So Yeah, same here. Th- so while all of this is going on, uh, Todd has tried and failed thus far to, to make a three-point turn so that the car can can exit the driveway of Herb Kazaz's house. <laughs> More like when, a thousand point turn, am I right? Am I right? When he meets the celebrity stealing club, these two masked girls who get into the car and tell him to drive them away from the scene of who knows whose house they just robbed of Joe. Oh, it's Kardashians. Yeah, That's who I believe it they was. explicitly say. They, they do. They say the Kardashians. Um, and, you know, obviously I love this because when they, they do show up later in the background... Uh, in uh, it's it's in season four, I think. It's in the episode. Oh gosh, which one is it? I know it's the episode where Diane goes to somebody's house party because she was accidentally invited instead of a different. Oh Diane. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's like mid season four. Yeah, and they're all doing these crazy drugs or whatever, and then like in the background, you just see the celebrity stealing club like carrying a painting off, <laughs> and uh, and that's and and that's a callback. To, to this episode where we first meet them. Um, so basically, Todd befriends them and spends an afternoon talking about waxing philosophical with them about life until the point where he says, oh, you know, like, I really feel like I'm letting my guard down. And then one of them's like, do you hear that? He's let his guard down. And then they, like, hit him with the gun. And Do they steal the car? I'm not really sure. No, no, because Bojack and Diane can get back. Yeah, They have to get back. Yeah, so, so I guess they just run off. Yeah. But it's it's a sort of a pointless plot, but also it's just a it's just another fun Todd Chavez slice of life kind of situation going on. And I think that they that they intersperse that because it is what's going on with Bojack and Herb is so it's, heavy, you know, that uh, it was nice to have those little pieces of candy in between to take a little breather from from how hard yeah, it I mean we talk about how this is a, a dark watch. show and I I you know cl- uh, colloquially refer to it as a you know the depression horse fun time hour um but like I mean we we know going into this this is about a, a mentally ill actor and all that jazz but like some episodes are certainly darker than others and this is a, a doozy um yeah this is this is this is a really dark one because it's know? it's I mean it also plays into something that we can all experience ourselves um not mm-hmm. maybe you know in this specific context but I, I don't know if you remember this is something i i i spoke about in the pilot um that this is intensely relatable not because we're all 90s sitcom actors and all that jazz but because we've you know all done something to screw over a friend that just ended in silence or um, yeah. we've all yeah. uh, chosen an opportunity for advancement, you know, over... We've all done what's yeah, easy exactly. instead of what's right at some point or another. Yeah, but even, even specifically that, like, you know, like like choosing where to go to college, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, over staying with your friend. Like, you know, small, small logical choices like that that 
hurt mm-hmm. people and screw over people, but like there's not anything you can really do about it. Yeah, and and continuing on that, obviously we've gotten to the point now where now Bojack and Diane and Todd are driving home and he gets the call from Princess Carolyn that we saw in last week's episode where she tells him that she got him a role in a film and a romantic lead and he doesn't care anymore because he is now we have seen what happened in Malibu and we have seen it went to such a dark reflective place that things like roles like it, he, he says himself literally verbatim like it doesn't matter none of this matters and then he makes a very bizarre choice when he pulls the car over Diane gets out and talks to him for a minute and then he tries to kiss her yeah which of course ends just about as badly as you'd think she just word like I think she just asked him what he did and then she just goes back into the car a reminder to the listener she is already engaged Yes, she is engaged to Mr. Peanut Butter. That happened at the end of our A Story is a D Story. Not that it would have been any more appropriate earlier, but like she's locked in. No, but she, yeah, she's engaged and he knows it. And this is something that's been building ever since Live Fast, Die and Win. This has been building ever since, I feel, that episode is where we kind of started to see it potentially going down a romantic path between Bojack and Diane. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, that is not something I want to see. And I am so proud of the show for what they ended up doing with it and, and that they have, have kept it uh, as a one-sided thing that then gets moved past. But as of right now, uh, Bojack makes the bizarre decision to try and kiss Diane after saying that, you know, nothing matters. And I think maybe, I mean, I guess that's probably his motivation or he just wanted a piece of comfort after all of that horrid shit that he had to deal with. Um, most of it, oh well, all of it of his own making. And... So this is where it starts getting the episode in, in the episode does not end on a snappy note, much like last week's didn't, you know, we were left with both Princess Carolyn and Bojack staring off into the distance of where they are. And I think that in a way, Bojack is, I mean, this, I mean, this is obviously mirroring Princess Carolyn's sentiment of like, well, where would I go? Yeah, they're concurrent episodes. And I, yeah. And, and then... It just, you know, cuts to credits. And it's so powerful and it just really hits you. These two episodes in particular are just, they're just really heavy. They're just really heavy. And uh, and, and we are no longer dealing with a weird anthropomorphic animal comedy. We are now eight episodes into the first season. And this show has now morphed into something far, far more complex. Yeah, there's a couple points you just said that I kind of want to touch upon. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, we're going to use some internet uh, fandom terminology for a moment, so keep up, kids. <laughs> Shipping. How do you do, is when kids? You... <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, no, it, it, you're right to, to, to mention the fact that, like, we, we shouldn't ship Bojack and Diane. <laughs> like, it is, it is a truly one-sided ordeal. Um, and it doesn't even, it's not even one of those things that, like, you know, oh, she's been pulled away into this other relationship, but maybe someday we can hope aspirationally. You know, it's not like one of that. That's something that happens in, in shows a lot um, or, or pieces of fiction. Someone else gets married off or starts a relationship and you're like, oh, but they're meant to be together. So you kind of hope the there's going to be some disaster or whatever, um, like in the back of your mind, and maybe they'll get together eventually kind of kind of thinking. Um, we don't want this. We don't like like that. It, it would literally go terribly. There is no good ending that comes from that. Um, anyway, I just think that's a that, that, that's a weird 
That's a weird tightrope. Yeah, and and like I said, I'm very grateful that the series, as of yet, has not done that. Um, because the thing is, she and Mr. Peanut Butter settle into spoilers, folks. But she and and Mr. Peanut Butter do settle into like a little bit of complacency, uh, and they have some deeper issues in their own in their own coupling that we'll touch on as those episodes come up. I don't want to get too deep into it right now. Oh, certainly, yeah. But as of right now, you know, they're good together. Like they've got their faults, but they're good together. And and Bojack is Bojack's attraction to her and his want to be with her is coming from a very selfish place. He obviously he might think that he does, but I don't think that he has her interest in mind at all. Uh, you know, she's as far as he knows happily engaged, and yet he decided to make this this selfish decision you know to try and make something happen with her something that we will see we'll see it again (laughs) i won't go into that right now either but we'll see that again yeah Um, no kidding uh and it just is yeah it is just another go back it is yet another example of how he will always do the self-serving thing even after that has been proven to be the worst thing he could possibly do even after he has talked to her Kazaz and has realized that everything that he did was a huge fucking mistake, despite all of that, he still makes this terribly selfish decision because that's all that he knows how to do at this point. I want to take exactly what you said and push off into a, into a similar direction in a moment. But also, I think the way these two episodes are edited together. In the previous episode, if you don't remember, it was a week ago. Uh, in the previous episode, we kind of talked about um, how you edit nonlinear storytelling and how like weirdly innovative that was at the time and all that jazz. But like specifically, I like how they the two intercut moments when Bojack uh, decides to go off to Malibu and when Bojack comes back from Malibu and and Princess Carolyn gets the phone or excuse me, Princess Carolyn calls him. I think the, that's an interesting point because when we view the story from Princess Carolyn's side. The first time through, without knowing whatever happened in Malibu, we don't know at all what Bojack just went through. I mean, we know, like, he went to Herb Kazaz and it clearly went wrong. But we don't know what happened. And if you are just just going through it from Princess Carolyn's side only, he's an asshole. Like, she just went through all this effort to get this project set up for him. And he's like, no, it doesn't, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't care. What a dick. Yeah. Yeah. This is just such a great example to show us as the audience very blatantly how the outside world sees Bojack and how Bojack sees himself and how his actions have ramifications for other people, but sort of what motivates them as well. Yeah. Um, Well, it's just just important. Like, I think that's a good point to pick because that is the most perspective driven moment in that episode. Where, you, again, your initial reaction is, what a dick. Why would he say that? You know, she worked so mm-hmm. hard for you. And then you get the flip side of the story and it's like, oh, geez, he didn't even know what he was saying to her. Yeah. Like, because he didn't know how hard she had worked. And he yeah. had just been Th- through a devastating personal interaction. That she didn't know anything about either. That so... she didn't know anything about either. I think that's just, I think that's a great single point. Well, I mean, there's two of them, but I think that's a great single point for those episodes to mm-hmm. uh, slice into each other on. I agree. So talking about what you were saying earlier with this is where we kind of get the start of, you know, movement into and and stuff we mentioned last week where this is like the start of fixing these characters. Yeah. This is where the personal growth starts Uh, is this confrontation kind of galvanizes Bojack to do 
any sort of work on himself as a person. Yeah. Uh, in contrast with previous, uh, when it was zero work on himself as a person. Yeah. Um, like we've, we've seen him be shitting in a number of ways, whether it's the Virgil Van Cleef, Todd Chavez, uh, opera thing, mm-hmm. or the, um, ignoring Todd's, uh, request for bail money. Right. Or, uh, re- really anything related to Todd. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or, or Diane or Mr. Peanut Butter or Princess Carolyn. Like he does crappy things to everyone. He does. But this is the first crappy thing he's done though. Probably ever. Oh, oh, referring to the flashback incident. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, I think what's great about this is that Herb says the line, you would be so much more comfortable if you just admitted to yourself that you were a bad person and that your actions have consequences or whatever. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. But he just kind of like yells at Bojack to just kind of embrace. Like, look, you're shitty. Just yeah. own up to it. Just own up to the fact that you're a shitty, shitty person. I want to contrast that with a line that I believe is in season three, the line I keep talking about, when Todd is, no, you can't just say you're a bad person. You have to change. Mm-hmm. So. Or, or whatever that actual line is. Yeah, there, there's a lot of growth that happens, and this is planting the seed. This is planting the seed for Todd to be able to say that later. Because the yeah. thing is, as of right now, Bojack doesn't even admit that he's a bad person. But once we get to season three and Todd gives him that huge monologue, which, by the way, that is where season three's F-bomb is. Just want to point oh, that out. Yes. That in that monologue, that's where season three's one F-bomb is. It's where Todd tells him, you have to do better. Um, yes. And so by season three, he's gotten to the point where, okay, he knows he's a shitty person. He's owned up to it. But at this point, he has not done that yet. Growth, everybody. So, so uh, that is that is what we call character development. Yeah, th- those two lines are absolutely foils to each other. Mm-hmm. Herb Kazaz being like, look, you've just got to admit you're, you're terrible. Yep. And then Todd saying, that's not enough. You can't keep doing this. You can't keep doing shitty things and then feel bad about yourself. Like that makes it okay. You need to be better. Yep. That's what he says. And there we go. Specifically, it's you need to be better. You need to be better. That's what he says. Yeah. These lines are absolutely foils to each other. Yeah. And it's, and it's seasons apart. And so it's just, ah, they're so brilliant at this. They're so good at this. I aspire to be a fraction of this clever. No kidding. I, it's, it's, it's mind blowingly brilliant. And this is what makes the show so rewatchable as well, because obviously the first time you watch this, you don't know what's coming. And honestly, you are probably slightly blindsided by how fucking real this just got. Um, and uh, and so you don't know what's coming in the future, probably for the best. But as you rewatch it, you know, you 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 notice that these things have been foreshadowed and have been and have been sort of elliptically broadcast to you. And it's just deliciously brilliant. It's just deliciously brilliant. I have a lot of love for this episode and the one preceding it. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Hey, do you want to talk about something a little bit lighter? Yeah! Uh, Do you want to talk about the 1980s and 1990s uh, visual gags on all the storefronts? Because I wrote down every single one. Okay, did you? Because I I looked at them and I wondered if I I should write them down. I was like, no, we'll we'll just talk about it. Literally, as I was writing them down, I was thinking, if Leslie does this too, then we've both wasted our time. <laughs> no, I didn't do it. Um, but I did take notice of the picket signs. Here are some of the wonderful signs uh, from that bit where Bojack is driving through the 1980s. <clears throat> John's House of Rubik's Cubes. Broad Broads, which is a uh, clothing store with uh, heavy shoulder pads on those suits. Oh. A billboard that says the Cola Wars are over. A floppy disk store called the Flop House. Shout out to the Maximum Fun podcast, The Flophouse, one of my favorites. Fanny packs, math o'clock, 
Cynthia synthesizers. Legear like totally rad. That's just what it says. Gorbachev stain remover. <laughs> oh my god, that one is. I don't. Are you too young to get that reference? Do you get that reference? I. No, I get it. <laughs> are, do you? Are you? Well, for, okay. So for that is a particularly obscure one. Um, <laughs> because I was born in the nineties, like, and I never knew about anything before it. Okay, so okay, so Mikhail Gorbachev, Mikhail Gorbachev, uh, he was a Russian politician. I don't remember. Ex- I don't exactly. I don't remember exactly what he did. No, he, he was the premier of the USSR. Okay, so anyway, he had a birthmark like on the top of his bald head that was often made fun of, and so for them to use his name for the stain remover is like Gorbachev stain <laughs> on top of his head. There is a discotheque that says disco forever and then is X'd out with a sign that just says closed forever. Nice. Uh, a giant sign that says Big Brother is watching you, obviously because <laughs> it's the 80s, 1984. Mm-hmm. House of Leg Warmers. <laughs> Melrose Camouflage with a little sign that just says blend in. <laughs> There's one that says uh, Waltz Walkmans, walk in a stereo slave, walk out with audio freedom. Oh my god. And this this one is my absolute favorite. Nothing but cocaine mirrors. Nothing but cocaine mirrors? That's the entire well, that's the name of the store. It was the 80s. That was the thing. Uh, Condor 64, Club uh, Nagel? Nagel? I don't know. That's before my time, that's for sure. Uh, that's so Reagan. The Giffers trickle down savings. We recklessly outspend the competitors. Bonzo savings. The, the flashbacks were very chock full of references. That's just the 80s. There's another decade of jokes. Yes, yes. On the awning of the comedy club is Lisa Hanawalt's name, and she is the production designer of BoJack Horseman, and it's her weird art style <laughs> that, like, BoJack is based off of. How fun! She she does a lot of the character design work, and, like, that's her art style that's replicated throughout the show. Well, shout out to her. And that's <laughs> one name of, like, 25 up on that sign. I am willing to bet. I didn't check every single one, because, like, I have time. Um, sure. <laughs> but I'm 99% sure that's probably all the animators. Sure. That, that would make sense. I'd be interested in, in taking a closer look at that um, later. Yeah. So, yeah, shout, <laughs> out to, shout out to Lisa Hanawalt. Yeah. Um, who, by the way, uh, just kind of got a, uh, uh, Netflix just ordered a new show from her. Uh, I think you probably saw the Tucka and Birdie one or Tuka and Birdie probably. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And I'm excited for that one for sure. Which looks like it's, it's kind of, uh, if not the exact same world, it's certainly the same art style of kind of anthropomorphized animals. I mean, I'm here for it. So, so th- that'll be exciting. Uh, going into the 1990s, may I? Yo, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for this. As Yoda talk, I will, I guess. Uh, the 1990s site gags include one sign that literally just says spin doctors. <laughs> Another sign that literally just says beanie babies. Uh, there was a store called uh, One Stop Slap Shop. So that's for slap bracelets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Magic the Assembly. Oh, yeah. With a K. That one had a K. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, hey, a hardware store called Stop Hammer Time. Planet Hard Rock. Be Cool Llama Cigarettes. Oh, yes. Inflatable furniture. Uh, Bill's Sack Shop, uh, which had the sign Sale to the Chief and Commander in Chief. Pog World, the craze that's here to stay. <laughs> there was a clothing store in the background that just says flannel, nose piercings, docks. Very apropos. Dope Jam's record mm-hmm. store, formerly Walt's Walkman's. Ah, I didn't catch that one. Bojack is singing a song called Generic 90s Grunge yeah. Song, which references something from Seattle, which uh, folks as a Pacific Northwesterner, shout out. Yeah, well, that was where the grunge scene was. Back in the 90s, they were in a very famous 
grungy band. Also, I believe it is, it, it may be Herb Kazass's apartment. It might be one of the bars early on. I'm, I'm spacing. But there is a uh, parody artwork of Keith Haring's work in there as well. It's when Herb and Bojack are talking about something, but I don't remember specific, the specific location. But yeah, there was. Yeah. Um, anyway, just incredible visual atmosphere that they give this show. Yeah. Like consistently. Yeah. The production design is so good. So shout out to Lisa Hannibal. <laughs> Yeah, again, it's it's so good. And yeah, so and the picket signs. So the picket signs, I didn't write it down, but I remember a few of them because they were just, you're very basic. Like someone has one that just says, boy, am I mad. And then <laughs> someone has another one that says, it's horsing around, not horsing around. And then they've taped like another smaller sign that says, in a gay way, in parentheses. And, and then uh, there's another one that just says, get a brain, morons, which of course is a call out to that very famous, terrible sign that says get a brain morans because they misspelled morans because they didn't know how oh, to spell it yeah um so that was a reference to that i mean i think pretty obviously mm-hmm. and you know those those are the ones that stuck out there were like a couple of other ones but those were my favorites for sure um i i will also add uh, the, just the fact that everyone's earlier in their careers like we talked about you know how how different bojack is emotionally that he's he's humble he's flexible he's um mm. sober <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of things like that, but like even stuff just visually like Princess Carolyn's hair. Yeah. When she's in the yeah. 90s. And well, and the fact that she's an assistant at that point, that she and Bojack have known each other for that long. That's a nice little fact. Yeah. Nice little piece of history to find out there. And that even though like those two scenes, uh, the 1990s Princess Carolyn and the Princess Carolyn we know are, ostens- are ostensibly at least 20 years apart, um, mm-hmm. that she still has her, like her colors. Yeah. She's still got like the bright yellow and everything. You know, it's not the same outfit, but it's just nice right. that they kind of the the visuals are still there, even if it's not her yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good point. And it's just 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 cool stuff like that, and the fact that it's literally yeah. the same office as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's the exact same office. Uh, also, yeah, just the sound design in this episode is is a fantastic part of it. Uh, we just mentioned the generic 90s grunge song that he's singing. But there was the 80s one as well. Yeah, the 80s kind of... The synth song. 80s new wave song. Also, yeah. uh, when the Celebrity Stealing Club is in and out of frame, kind of annoying, like, pop trap music is, like, playing as they as they run through each scene. Yeah, that's that's true as well. Ugh. I don't know. I, I literally... Um, we were just talking about, like, if I got references from the 80s, but, like, I literally don't know what the kids are calling music these days. I know trap is what they play in clubs. Uh, that's the extent of my knowledge. Oh, what they're playing these days in clubs? Yeah. I don't I just, know. I don't, I don't know. know. We're, we're both old. How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> Last time I went clubbing was like a calendar two years ago? I don't know. To be, well, you're still clubbing age, kind of. Kind of on the cusp, though. Yeah. I, I mean, but I never was because I'm also, I mean... Folks, I play a lot of d and I'm well out of it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I never should have been. Yeah, but well. no, I mean, like, it, it's it's playing, like, modern, kind of, like, music that for some... Well, both of those characters, probably because they're wearing bikinis, but, like, remind me of, like, that Spring Breaker movie or whatever that came out, like, four years ago with, mm-hmm. like, James DeFranco and um, all those Disney stars who were like, we're old now. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I know what you're talking about. Not sure I'm familiar with that. I never heard, I never heard anything about it, but, like, the marketing was, like, a big deal because it was like, look, Disney child stars, but they're wearing bikinis now. No, I'm... I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying it was an important cultural te- a touchstone, but like Sure. <laughs> but anyway, those characters visually remind me of that. Important character design and I uh, again, I like the music that like comes in and out as those characters literally enter and leave the frame. Yeah. 
like literally as the celebrity stealing club runs past um bojack like literally the second they leave the frame that kind of you know drops yeah. like immediately yeah it's pretty brilliant so yeah that's uh yeah i i'm we're we're headed to can you believe it we're we're headed toward the end of the season yeah yeah we're about two-thirds done yeah we're getting there and i i think we might be done with this episode uh i, I don't think, know about you but so. i've exhausted my notes I feel, yeah, and I feel pretty good about it. I feel uh, appropriately depressed, which means that we've definitely talked about <laughs> the, the yeah, plotline yeah. to its to its entirety. Yeah, I've got a uh, I've got a party to go to, so hopefully that'll um, pick oh, me boy. up after that really sad discussion about uh, doing the unforgivable to your friends. Yeah. Well. Uh, all right. Well, this was fun. This was fun. <laughs> all right. You know what this has also been? This has been of Horses and Men with Leslie and Ben. I'm the Ben of that. And I'm the Leslie. You can find me at Ben C. Hamlin over on Twitter, where I'm always talking about comics and podcasting, I guess. Yep. And you can find me at Vanetti on Twitter, where I'm talking about God only knows what. It depends on what time of day it is. Yep. <laughs> uh, you can find us both at Infinity Break 23, where you can find us on any social media platform. And feel free to write uh, to us about uh, what unforgivable thing you did to your friends 20 years ago. We want to hear... Mm, actually, no. I straight up don't think I want to hear that at all. Oh, no, I do. You can at me with oh, okay. it. I want to hear about it all. All right, go ahead and at us with, like, how sad you made your friends 20 years ago and they won't talk to you anymore. Let it off your chest. We're here for you. Let it off. Yeah, we're, we're here for you. This is going great with our ad where we're selling a self-help book in the form of this podcast. Uh, anyway, we encourage you to check out our other shows at infinitybreak.net. You can find our podcast videos, web comics, and more over at infinitybreak.net where we are telling stories our own way. We have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash infinitybreak where you are welcome to subscribe to us and support our shows with as little as a $1 recurring donation every single month. You get access to behind-the-scenes audio from Of Horses and Men, both nonsensical and sad stuff that gets cut from the show. Uh, there's, of course, behind-the-scenes audio for all of our other uh, shows as well by donating you are of course helping us improve the quality of this show and create more shows like it and we greatly appreciate your support in every way that you can give it to us you can also tell your friends about the show and leave five-star reviews on itunes which of course uh, helps more people find us thank you very much for supporting of horses and men we greatly appreciate the fact that you are listening once again i'm ben hamlin and i'm leslie yates and we will see you in one week's time thank you very much for listening it's like an audio disaster is to make people listen to that. It but. truly is. This podcast is part of Infinity Break, where we're telling stories our own way. You can find all of our shows, podcasts, webcomics, and more at infinitybreak.net. Stay up to date with new show announcements, behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, and updates on your favorite shows. You can follow us on any social media platform by searching for Infinity Break 23. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash infinity break. Every dollar helps us improve the quality of this show and create new shows like it for your listening pleasure. Thank you for listening. Please tell your friends. And as always, stay in the loop.